You're listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. Worship with us on Sundays in Kansas City, or join us in June for our youth and young adult conference called Bold. Father, we love you, and we thank you for what you're doing. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege and the opportunity to be, God, your disciples, and we ask that you would help us to be close friends of God. Lord, even as we look at John and how John was a friend of God, how John is bubbling over with enthusiasm about his personal friendship with God, I ask that you would help each of us to be friends of God. Lord, do something special in our hearts today. Do something unique. We love you and we honor you. And all of Radiant said amen. Amen. Let's try that again. All of Radiant said amen. Amen. All right, good. Well, uh, John, the beloved, or John, the apostle, is writing here in his older years. In fact, 15 times uh, he actually, in this book, he actually refers to them as, this Jewish audience, as children. And so he's, he's acting kind of like Grandpa John, uh, Papa John. He's, this, he's, he's the father. He's, he's old man John talking to young believers and you've got to imagine here the rest of the apostles have been martyred and have died, and now he's the, he's, he's the last living uh, apostle, and he's speaking to people that he desperately wants to know Jesus like he knows Jesus. And we're going to hear even in verse 4 how the joy of his life is that other people might know him like he knew Jesus. And so I want you to lock in here in verse 1 because he starts to talk about his own journey and he's communicating that this is not a theory. This is more than just good behavior. This is not just committing to morality. This is relationship with a real person. And so here, listen to the way that he talks here in verse 1. It says, that which was from the beginning, all right, which is the way that John often talks. He begins his gospel, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word. And so he's talking about God existing eternity past. He says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen. So our ears, our eyes, which we have seen with our own eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it. He's going back at it, back at seen, touched, heard. The life appeared, we have seen it, and we testify to it, and we proclaim it. So now he's talking. What we say, what we communicate, we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. Jesus has now appeared to us. He was with the Father, and then he appeared to us, and we proclaim to you that we have seen and heard. He's going right back at it. He's a witness. He's talking about what he's seen and heard, and then he gives the why. Start with why. He gives the why. Why? So that you also may have fellowship with us. We want you you to be one of these believers. We want you to know Jesus like we know Jesus. And our fellowship is with the Father. Our relationship is with the Father and with his son, Jesus Christ. In verse 4, we write this to make our joy complete. He slips it in there. It's kind of fun. We're going to get to that, but he slips in. Let me give you... Let me give you about that I find great joy, John would say. We find great joy in declaring this to you. Interesting because John here is going the extra mile to say, I've been with him. I know him. And there were some different heresies that were starting to get into the church at this time. And the church is young and and just getting started. But it's it's kind of now uh, past some of the first generation and 
and John's getting older and some of the enthusiasm potentially has died down a little bit and John wants to correct the heretics and John wants to kind of have everybody be lit up on what matters and he talks about this idea. He goes, let me tell you who I am. This is my story. In the same way that if we were going to give an introduction, we would, we would start to talk about ourselves, our journey. When we moved here last year, I found myself meeting people over and over and over again and giving an introduction. This is where I'm from. This is who we are. And John, when he goes to give his introduction, it's related to a person. It's Jesus. And so he could identify himself in a whole lot of ways in terms of accomplishments, but he identifies himself in this introduction as the person that he's close to. In other words, I've seen him. I know him. I've walked with him. I've heard his voice. I know him. This personal relationship with Jesus. In fact, if you can imagine, here's John the Beloved, potentially God incarnate, when God becomes man, Jesus' closest friend. Like if there's anyone that walked with him and was close, we read even John describes himself five times as the disciple that the Lord loves. And he's going, I was, I was there with him. And as you and I go into this series, we're going to listen to, if you can imagine, Jesus walking on the earth and the person who walked closest, right there with him, knew him, talked with him. You can imagine John. He's going, man, I was... I was there on the Mount of Transfiguration, Matthew 17. There's this moment where Peter, James, and John go with Jesus, and boom, Moses and Elijah appear, and Jesus' face shines brighter than the sun. In verse 5 of chapter 1, John's going to say, God is light. <laughs> this doesn't start with you. This starts with God. And God is light. And I can imagine him even having this memory of, whoo, you have no idea. I saw Jesus' face shine like the sun is the way that Matthew describes it. He's got this real history with the person Jesus. Like imagine the moment on the cross where Jesus looks to John and says, I mean, as he's dying for the sins of the world, of course, he talks to John about taking care of Mary on the cross. Just before the cross, Jesus is telling about what's going to happen, and John's sitting right there next to him. Just before they go into the garden, John's close. He knows him. He's walked with them. My ears have heard. My eyes have seen. My hands have touched. John's saying, hey, everybody, let me tell you, I know. I know who he is. I've been with him. John 20. It's the story where Jesus is risen from the dead, and he walks in. He's walking through walls. Jesus appears to the disciples and John goes, man, I was there. I, I mean, I know the resurrected Christ. I mean, John's got this story. And as we launch into this series, I just want to ask you, what's your story? Like, do you have a story? And what does your story look like? And is your story the joy of your life? Like, is your introduction, here's my education, here's where I got my undergrad, here's or is your story, let me tell you about this man, Jesus, who changed me. Because you can imagine John the Beloved who starts off his journey and he's calling, telling Jesus we should call fire down on a city. And Jesus calls him the son of thunder. And John and James and John are saying, hey, can we sit at your right and your left? We got a little bit of selfish ambition. We got a little bit of let's get some revenge. And by walking with Jesus over time, 
John becomes known as the apostle of love. And so when he goes as an old man to write his story, he's writing this. Here's who I am, and he doesn't write about his accomplishments. He writes about a person. And even as we live in a fantastic nation, our temptation, though, is to develop our identity around our accomplishments and who we know and what we've done. But if we're going to be like Papa John, Grandpa John, old man John who walked with Jesus, the greatest journey, identification of your life is I know him. I've walked with him. I've seen him. And it's a little bit different in the sense that John walked with Jesus on dusty roads. John walked with Jesus and heard his voice just walking in life. But you have this privilege to know Jesus now. The Holy Spirit takes up residency in you. And my thought is this, as we just read these first few verses, oh, imagine if there is consistent dialogue, constant conversation with uh, us, with Jesus, like the way John had. And it was our story. It was our passion. It was what we loved. It was our favorite. It's what we got excited about. And when we read John, old man John, talking, oh, dear children. Oh, dear, and he's telling stories. He's talking about relationship with Jesus. And if we could hear old man John, he'd be like, this thing's all about Jesus. Oh, yeah, but I really need to work on these five other task lists in order to make it as a successful fill in the blank. And he goes, it's at the end of the day, it's all about Jesus. And John loved to talk about specific dialogue that Jesus had with individuals. It's interesting because when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, everybody's got unique ways that they talk about Jesus. I mean, Matthew, he includes the Sermon on the Mount. And, and of course, Luke is this doctor. He's super descriptive. And, and Mark, he's real quick. And he's, he's, he's abbreviated. And, but you've got John. And in John's 21 chapters, he loves to talk about dialogue that John has with individuals. So we find this story in John chapter 3 of Jesus, and he's talking with the church leader, Nicodemus, and there's the dialogue, what took place. There's the story of Mary and Martha in, other, in the other gospels, but John goes and pulls out detail about how Jesus engages with Martha. John goes further about how, how Jesus engages and has conversation with Mary. There's the story of Jesus talking to the Samaritan woman and her going through all of her sin issues and Jesus talking to her and walking her through it. We've got Jesus engaging with Thomas and his doubt. Let's talk. You've got Jesus engaging with Peter in John 21 and Peter had failed him three times and then Jesus talks with him on the beach and reinstates Peter and let's have a conversation about you denied me three times but I've called you Peter and and you've got a, you've got work to do and I still love you even in the midst of the fact that you failed and so let's have a dialogue and John had dialogue with Jesus he loves that personal relationship and I think for us if we listen to grandpa John we would we would engage with this you have a real relationship with God. And sometimes in the midst of a busy culture, it's easy to have morality be what we think mostly about 
or being a good person or even being a good church person. But here's what I want to invite you to. We don't come in here and we don't sing songs about morality, right? Like we're not up here singing, you're, you know, let's, let's be good, good people. Yes, we are. We're, we're going to sin less this week. Let's, let's feed the poor. Let's have less greed and lust, right? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> this illustration, kill it, kill it before it gets worse. <laughs> no, we come in here and we sing about a person. It's not fascination with morality, it's fascination with a man. It's fascination with Jesus. And we go, oh, I too once wanted to call fire down on a city. And, you know, I too once was filled with selfish ambition. And live, but as I walked with him, he transformed me. And so I've got a story. And so maybe you and me end up old papa fill in the blank grandma, and you're in your 80s, and when you talk, your favorite subject is, oh, I knew him. No, 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 tell us, tell us about how it went with the business. Ah, that's good, it worked out in the end. Ah, how did it, how did it work out with the football team and how the Sooners did? Ah, I can't remember the last two decades, but back in my day. Oh, fill in the blank on how'd you pay off the house? Oh, I can't even hardly remember the year compared to, let me tell you about who saved me when I was 23 years old. Let me tell you about the story that I went on and how I was addicted and I was broken and I was blind. And now you are old man, apostle of love, old, old woman, grandma filled with the love of God. And your favorite story is I've walked with him. I know him. Man, the, I, I, he, he's real. And I haven't been perfect. I've been far from it, but he's been perfect the whole time. And he's changed me. And I'm different. And so here, here's John speaking to a Jewish audience. And he gives this. Let me tell you who he is. I've walked with him. I know him. I've talked. I've seen him. I've heard his voice. And I love what he slips in there in verse 4. This is one of the things that really caught my attention. Look in verse 4 where he says this. He says, we write this to make our joy complete. What? You mean your joy? No, no, our joy. John goes, you know what brings me joy? You know what brings me life is that you, dear children, you, little Jewish audience, that you might mature in Christ, that you might walk in fellowship, that you might know, and I actually possess Great joy. You mean, you mean you possess great joy by, by living well in old age? Nah, um, this, 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 I'm not doing that great. Boiled in oil later on. <laughs> it's not that. No, where's your joy? My joy is I've got this fountainhead of delight when I think about you knowing the one I know. And so this is what brings me the most joy. No, 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 no. We tell people about Jesus as a discipline because we're trying to be good church people that share our faith. Here's what happens. I got this encounter. I got this experience with Jesus. I know a real person, and he's changed me. He's changing me every day, and I, I love him, and I walk with him, and I know him. And, and you want to know what brings me joy? Man, I want fill in the blank. 
people that don't know him to come to faith. I want the 12-year-olds to walk with him. I want the, 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 the 15-year-old boys to be rescued from walking through what I went through. And it's my delight to invest in them because my joy is helping you mature. And so it's actually my greatest privilege. It's like when my friend John Egan came to town. I uh, picked him up and John and I worked for 15 years together in Colorado and and so we worked together like every week. So we were, you know, really close friends. And, and uh, I picked him up at the airport and I just was like elated to show him Kansas City. Like, hey man, this is where I moved. This is it. You know, the, the mountains are gone. The fountains have come. Like, <laughs> here, this is it. I want you to see it. And I took him down to the plaza and I bought him a lot of barbecue. And I was like, let me tell you about this city. Let me tell you about the people here. Oh man, the people are way nicer here in Kansas City. Uh, let me tell you, the food far surpasses. And uh, as I'm lit up with joy talking about Kansas City, it actually brings me joy to tell him, right? Okay. So it's take that times 10,000. It's this. It's, I, let me tell you about this one who I know. Let me tell you about this one that I love. Let me tell you about this one who has saved me. And so for us, kind of being like John, it's this, you want to grow as a witness who talks about what you've seen and heard? Go get alone with Jesus. More than just, I'm going to grip my teeth and I'm going to share my faith, brother. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You wanted to go out? Go in. <laughs> go get alone with him. Go be with him. And you get alone with him and you'll just find it just kind of sneaks out. Whoa, where'd that come from? Like, oh, well, wh- wh- why are you giving like this? Well, Jesus just doesn't let you. Oh, it's, it's real. Being committed to a religion, being committed to morality is not, it's not where it's at. But man, knowing a person, you watch joy unspeakable. Like I've been with him. Like I know him. Like I've heard his voice. And you start to have stories. Well, <laughs> it's like this. Uh, I've told you this before, but, you know, my dad is like, you know, he's like, I don't know. He's, he's so saved, it's crazy. Um, like, it's just amazing. He's just the most saved person I've ever met. And um, so when I was a kid, like, you know, like I wanted to please your, my dad, just like everybody wants to please their dad, you know? So I'd be like, hey, dad, National Honor Society, what's up? And my dad would give me kind of like on something like that, kind of like a golf clap, like, it's good, son, it's good. Hey, dad, high GPA, 3.9, what's up? Oh, that's great. That's really good. Cool, nice. Hmm. Hey, Dad, uh, that whole basketball thing didn't work out, so I got the lead role in the musical. <laughs> He's a little ashamed and embarrassed, dear God. You know, like, <laughs> no, not really. Oh, that's great, son. Yeah, really good. But here, hey, Dad, <sighs> had a great time alone with Jesus today. Book of James coming alive to me. What? <laughs> Illuminated. Tell me more. You want some money? Woo! <laughs> Easiest way to make Hal Perkins happy. Oh, hey, I heard the voice of the Lord. Hey, book, the Bible's alive to me. Hey, let me tell you about what the Lord convicted me of. He's like, <laughs> you know why? Because it's the joy of his life. He doesn't need the musicals he could care less about. Trust me, I learned. <laughs> All right? 
National Honor Society, who cares? Boy. You know, because the story of his life was, man, Jesus changed me, and so I want to be as close to him as possible. And so now, dad wants, boy, I want you to know him like I know him. So here's old man John. Our joy. And the crazy thing is, this is the exact language that Jesus said in John 15. Jesus said to his disciples, upper room, hey, I want your joy to be complete. Now, John, passing on the same language, my joy is complete by telling you about Jesus. John, passing it on, he caught it, and he goes, this is actually what brings me joy. So uh, my prayer for us, as always, and I know I say this all the time, easy to preach, hard to live, but that it would grow in us. And when you go... How do, I, how do I have real joy in helping others mature in the faith? That you would have a bedrock commitment to just go be with him. So you say, here's what I've seen. Here's what I've heard. Here's what I know. Here's what my hands have touched. I know Jesus. And so then we've got this where in uh, verse five, he says, this is the message. And this is where he kind of, starts to really give content. It's like setting the coffee down, look, locking eyes with them. He says, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. This thing doesn't start with you. It starts with him. In him, there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not, and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies, present tense, purifies us from all sin. If we, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Okay, so here John, he's talking about walking in the light. He says, we walk in this light, he purifies us from all sin. So here's the idea. God is light. And if you think about the original audience that would hear this, they would identify light with truth. So the, they would think ignorance, darkness. It's that idea. If I have light, I know what's going on. I know what the story is. I know what's happening. If it's dark, I'm clueless. I don't, I don't know. So this original first century audience would have, it, this is a way of saying, this is a metaphor that John's using. God is light. And he's saying he's it's, it's, it's truth. He's, he is truth. Psalm 119, 105, 105, your word is a lamp to my feet, a light on my path. Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? All right, it's this idea, truth. But in addition to truth, it would also have this idea of purity. It would also have this idea that light equals purity, darkness, evil. And so he's saying he is truth. His purity. Isaiah 520, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness. So there Isaiah is comparing light and dark with good and evil. It's this idea, God is truth. God is good. God is pure. It's everything beautiful. It's God, you exist in beauty. 
Lies and evil are far from you. And so John says, this, this doesn't start with you. This all starts with God. So walk in the light. So walk in it. And here's the idea. When we walk in the light, when we walk with God, the concept is this. Light and darkness don't coexist together. Real simple idea, but that's the idea that John is saying. If there is darkness and you shine a light, the darkness flees. Darkness is gone. All right? And so the concept here is as you walk with Jesus, as you walk in the lights, he purifies. It's this present tense. He's, he's at work. God is at work. And so for us, as we walk with him, as we get alone with him, as we know him, as we have a relationship with him, he's at work in your heart and your life. And so it's kind of like, man, if you, want, if you want the darkness to flee, it's not mostly talking about the darkness, reading a book about the darkness, trying to figure out how do I get rid of this dark addiction. Here's the best way. Turn on the light. Let the one who is the light of the world, who is truth, who is purity, relationship helps transformation. Man, that relationship, you can try 10,000 ways. The greatest way is this, I know him. I'm walking with him. He is light. And of course, that's our dream, that we would grow in that. We get the opportunity and the privilege to do so. Verse nine, if we confess our sins, of course, this is the famous 1 John 1 text. This is the one that songs when we were kids. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our, us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And if we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. So I want you to just walk away with this. If we confess, if we go to get right with God, if we confess, here's where I'm at. He is faithful and just to forgive. So in your journey right now, the enemy will come along and be like, he is done forgiving you. you. You are so pathetic, so messed up. But if we were to hear Grandpa John, it would be, no, no, no. You messed up? Come, confess again. Just get right with him again. He is light. He'll rescue you. Get honest. Get real. And he'll... He'll forgive. He's faithful. He's faithful to forgive every time. And so I want you to see the God with the light that forgives over and over and over again. You could think of it this way. Sometimes when we think of, uh, I want you to connect these idea of him being a light and this idea of him forgiving. Most of us, when we think about the light, we would think of like a police light, like I messed up again. Like, boo, here's the ticket. You messed up. Next time, it's going to get worse. You're, ooh, if I do this again, I'm going into God jail. I mean, you know, like, he must, it's, it's like a shameful light. He is light. He sees how messed up you are, and he's annoyed, right? When I was a teenager, this happened to me. <laughs> 16 years old, driving from Norman, Oklahoma, back to Oklahoma City. <sighs> Mullet, braces, Oklahoma. <laughs> Cop pulled me over. Son? You know, you're going 20 miles an hour over the speed limit? No, I had no idea. Why are you going so fast? Oh, I got to be home by midnight. Son, you should slow down. I know, but my dad says he wants me home by midnight. Would your dad rather have you home 
by midnight or in an accident? I said, I'm not sure. <laughs> that made him mad. Really mad. I thought it was funny. <laughs> Another time, different kind of light. I grew up at church camp. Anybody ever go to church camp? So my church camp, though, seventh grade was uh, the just the first time I'd ever really like heard about like dating was at church. How weird is that? Um, but they had this midnight hike on the last night, and you were supposed to ask a girl to go with you on the hike. I was scared to death. You got to remember, seventh grade, I was like, I was, I was small. I was like four foot three, and I wasn't expecting to go through puberty in the, for four or five more years. You know, like, <laughs> whew, I was tiny. And, uh, but everybody was doing it, all my friends in my cabin were going on the midnight hike with a girl. So I asked a girl to go with me on the hike. And, uh, and on the hike, so I didn't hold her hand because, you know, it would have been awkward. Like, you know, like, she's considerably taller than me. And I was just walking next to her, you know, nervous. <laughs> and I'm walking on the midnight hike. I can see some of my friends up in front of me. And you know, all of a sudden, I don't know how this happened, but I fell into a pit. Yeah, true story. And she didn't. Good thing I wasn't holding her hand. The bad part was is that I was so small, I couldn't get out of the pit. So I'm stuck in the pit. So she starts yelling for help. I'm getting scared. I mean... Not looking very chivalrous and first date masculine. I'm like small child in a pit. <laughs> so finally, a counselor with a flashlight comes running. And deep in my heart, I was like, oh, thank God. I'm finally rescued. Now, that light, whew, I wanted that night to be over so bad. And that, that light was helping me out. Here's the deal. He is light. And when you come and you say, God, forgive me, he's faithful and just. When you confess, you're getting right with God, agreement with God. And it's not the police light, three more tickets and you're done. You pathetic person. Every time it's let me rescue you because I delight in you. It's not a shameful light. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. And so I want to encourage you. When you mess up, know that you have a father, a God, who looks at you. Let's just confess. Get real. See, with my children, when they confess something wrong, they're not out of the family. It's not like you did something wrong. You're done, Doss. No. No, you're still in the family, but let's, let's work through it. Let's talk. We need to work through this. Our family doesn't act that way. In our family, we don't kick each other in the face. So since you kicked her in the face, let's talk. That didn't really happen, but it's an illustration. Okay? It would require a conversation. That's how I punish my children. I make them talk to me huh. for hours. Here's the deal. In your journey with Jesus, you mess up. When you fall short, here's the idea. Get alone with him and come before him. <laughs> and 
it's just this is not painful this is great this is, hello bless the lord confess god i love my ringer on in church please forgive me lord let's stand that's over all right let's stand. all right let's just do this let's just come before god and i just my prayer is that you would just realign your heart God, I want to be close to you. I don't want to live at a distance. I want real relationship. I want the story of my life. I've walked with him. I know him. Would you just, would you just tell the Lord again, I'm in this for you. My personal friendship, my fellowship with Jesus. Be number one. I want to be my story again, God. And then will you just ask God, just Lord, will you give me like greater joy? Just like the Apostle John. I want others to know. I don't want young people to walk through the addictions that I've walked through. I don't want, I don't. I don't want people to not know the one who saved me and put my feet on a rock. I want them to know you. Give you my life, God. I want to be close to Jesus. In Jesus' name. If you would like to follow Jesus, we'd like to connect with you on your journey. Email us at follow at radianchurchkc.com. If this ministry has encouraged you, we'd love to hear your story. Email us at mystory at radianchurchkc.com. If you'd like to invest in Radian Church, please click give on our website, radianchurchkc.com. Are you a young adult and interested in spending a year in Kansas City at Radian Church? Check out radianintensive.com. Thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast.